Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entail app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine. Well, I mean, I've been up since three. <laughs> So already heavily compromised. And the only thing that I know today, and I don't know much because of the combination of my personality and everything that's happened means that I don't know who I am or why I'm here or what the point of anything is. But all I do know is that I am not prepared to have a conversation about Harry and Meghan. Who? Thank you. <laughs> which means that no one will talk to me because all they want to talk about is Harry and Meghan. So I'm even more isolated than I was before, which was pretty fucking isolated. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. But... An awful thing happened yesterday, which is I went for quite a long walk. And when I came back home, my hips were hurting. And in that kind of slight tightness, and I thought, oh, are you joking? The only thing that's kept me sane is walking. And now I'm going to need a hip replacement. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. You can have your hip replacement when I have my shoulder operation. Oh. My shoulder is so frozen. It's been frozen since I carried a weird bag in a weird way on a 4am flight to do some work trip to Madrid in the early summer of 2012. <laughs> and I remember it, but it has been exacerbated by, by lockdown. And I think by the odd ill-judged online fitness class. I mean, thanks a lot, Instagram Live. My shoulder girdle is now so immovable and so rock solid. I'm like a milkmaid with one of those yolks. Oh my God, what, like so, so stiff. So, so I, just, I should really just be lying down horizontal at all times. Oh my God, wouldn't that be great? I have to say, I think I also hurt my elbow, which might be tennis elbow, although listeners, I hasten to add, I do not play tennis. That's because tennis is, a, is an interactive sport from the olden days. I mean, you know, with the best will in the world, it was just never my thing. Um, and um, But I think it's basically to do with overuse, like over moving like a cup of tea into my mouth. Maybe my mugs are too heavy or maybe lifting the remote control to, I don't know, pause it temporarily snacks. or just the snacks. Anyway, um, my elbow hurts. You can't see this pain. But the hormonal havoc that's coursing through my system, regular listeners will know that I believe that menstrual cycles and all hormonal activity should have been cancelled during lockdown because it just wasn't fucking fair. But if hormones are the messengers of the body and they are there to send signals all around your body to keep operations running smoothly, well, then unfortunately, a hormonal version of the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre of 1572 seems to be in full throttle in my system. <laughs> and the results, frankly, speak for themselves. Not to be trusted. Okay, so while we're on this list of, like, catalogue of sort of injuries acquired over lockdown, emotional and physical, there's also my neck. Now, beds used to be a safe place, and now they are frankly dangerous, because basically, if I look at my pillow wrong, it gives me a crick neck. Yes. Fucking savage. And I basically need my bed to be a comfortable place where I lie in bed panicking all night. So yes. this pillow situation is really doing my head in. Yes, it should be neck. your horizontal padded cell, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should just be able to glide in and feel totally safe. Anyway, as I lie in bed uh, panicking, I also noticed in a panicky way that my eyesight is going. It's and always been quite bad, your eyesight. So, well, this is the thing. So I did look over your shoulder just before we started recording this and see your screen and see that the font was huge and didn't say anything so I was trying to be kind so now I've got something which I think people will identify with called mole vision so I already had quite bad eyesight but now I I have to hold things really far away if I want to see them but also squint like the the instructions on any beauty product 
It's basically like a total mystery. And it's going to give you a headache. It is going to give you a headache. All the headaches that we're having. Well, we could start with sugar headaches. You know, so so here's the problem. So um, you you like biscuits, right? You have a thing about biscuits, right? So you so thing. you have a biscuit because it's something to do. Yeah. Then you think, well, another biscuit will probably stop the craving that the first one created. So you have another biscuit, and 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 then it's lunch, and you might think, oh well, you know, um, I'm at home, so I could have just I could have just one glass of wine, and apart from anything else, it's something I could dump my next biscuit in. <laughs> then you then you finish the wine, then you finish the biscuits, and then your head hurts. And then you cry, and then it all begins over again. But I mean, that's just one of the headaches. My, my, I've had a headache since December. I don't generally get them, and I feel like it's a pandemic headache from all the pressure. And the pressure's produced in me recently, and, and I think in you, Em, because we've talked about it, a really odd dichotomy. We've all acknowledged to each other constantly that we're in a state of constant flux, and there are good weeks, and there are mad weeks, and that everything's a phase, and that it's possible to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time, and that we're under no obligation to be the same woman that we were last March, under no obligation to be the same woman we were 10 minutes ago. You know, we take that as red. But there's an odd tension at the moment, with two states, two moods existing within us, just running completely in parallel. So if we think, it's a strange thought, that exactly one year ago, this was the last week of relative normality and we didn't know it. We, you know, we didn't know. We knew, we knew that a wave of something bad was, was coming, but we didn't know that we would be locked down, semi-released, locked down, adrenalised, scared, blasé, exhausted, optimistic, locked down, enraged, sad, indifferent, anxious, encouraged, numb, all of this stuff in a loop again and again, sometimes hourly. And so now, depleted after a year of that, that corona coaster, we're inching towards freedom. So that's meant to be a big yay. But this is where it gets weird, actually, because it might be the strangest time in this whole sorry global episode. Um, sure, there is a low-key thrum of excitement. We're all feeling it about being released back into the wild. But simultaneously, there is just as much fear. You know, how to be, what to say, how to cope with the demands, who to be, how to feel. Because you know, the moment we're feeling all of this at the same time, grateful, but also resentful, hopeful, but also despairing longing to see people but dreading those people wanting to be invited to everything but desperate to hold on to the lockdown privilege of being under no obligation to go anywhere or do anything really hungry for life but too shattered to experience it um, and, and what I'm finding is that these parallel moods are messing with my sense of identity which has all, already been highly compromised over the last year because when you feel these things in absolute parallel it becomes hard to establish any point of view. Mm. Maybe why I can't have a conversation about Harry and Meghan. I don't want to have a point of view. I just pretty much refuse to have one. I don't have one. So we no longer really know what we want or what we believe. We're just out of practice. And we were before, oh my goodness, we were so deft. You know, yes, yes, we were, you know, we were anxious and all this stuff. But, you know, we were still kind of winning. You know, we were running our own lives and we were making our own decisions. We were steering the ship. And I don't feel qualified to do those things anymore because... Our autonomy has been so messed with. It hasn't been our right to decide whether to travel or to gather or to make changes. And most of us have complied with the majority of what's been expected of us. But the trouble is, what's expected of us now? Mm. And what do we expect of ourselves? And how do we rise? Yeah, I mean, I think that's completely true. I think it's like being on quicksand. And the other thing, you know, with this sort of new, new, new normal, I don't know how many new normals we're on now. Shit new normal. <laughs> Coming... Heading towards new us. abnormal, oh, the new abnormal, old wherever. normal. I mean, yes, maybe it's the old new normal, or it's the new old normal. Maybe oh God. Anyway, whichever normal we're in, I think um, we're beginning to think and beginning to seriously. I am seriously beginning to panic about 
the things that are ahead of us, mm. the re-entry. Like, for example, the rule of six meeting. Now that's been keeping me up. I find the rule of six like an emotional fucking minefield. How can you distill your list to six people? And the flip side of it is, are there still six people that you want to talk to, hang out with? Why would you want to see anyone anyway? Okay. So then the RO6, as I like to call it, um, involves a kind of mathematical equation of einstein levels. But also, what if you... Oh, God, this is netball to me. What if you ask someone to be in your first six, but they don't ask you to be in their first six? Yeah, and how many... Oh, my God, that's so stressful. And how many first six meetings do you want to have? I mean, how many can you handle? And what if no one asks you? Exactly, what if no one asks you? What if you? everyone asks you? <laughs> And do children count again? Boom! Head explodes. Okay. I've absolutely no idea. Well, I'm going to take your ruler six and I'm going to raise you to panic about a party. Oh, full body shudder. Maybe you're excited about the first party. You know, maybe you've got your outfit planned, including shoes that aren't Uggs or trainers and like proper underwired underwear. <laughs> oh God, don't even say that. It makes me feel sick. You might even bought new makeup because all the old stuff is mouldy because you haven't used it. But I mean, I, I don't know if I'd know how to apply highlighter without feeling like a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or some of us might be thinking that we can get away with tracksuit bottoms and heels like, like the fashion people pretend you can. I mean, you can't. Even they can't. Why would you? And also, what happens if... What will you do if someone speaks to you? I mean, imagine someone speaking to you. Look, will you be able to hide in the loo? <laughs> all night. And, um, and will the drinks be big enough? And will there be enough of them? And actually, it's all a bit un- unhygienic. So can I bring my own special glass? <laughs> my therapy glass that's been with me every night. Also, do you have to go? Do I have to go to a party? If you're invited, do you think that you have to go? Because I tell you it would what be you super do weird think not to. Is, is what starts to play out is a kind of ticker tape of party lowlights from your past. Oh, God. Don't. Yeah. I mean, I've just had a sudden flash of this party I went to where I took off my shirt dress. I think it was because it was a shirt dress. I'm about to show off my abs, but I didn't have abs. <laughs> <laughs> so it must have, I was sort of delusional. Or the time you made everyone watch you lip syncing to like, Mary J. Blige's family affair. Okay, I can still do that. Uh, also, oh my God, I'm just... The time that I kissed the lawyer I didn't fancy. I remember the time that you <laughs> started speaking in a northern accent because you were chatting to a Yorkshireman. I'm now literally in a shame sweat. 75 <laughs> times more terrified of going to a party than when we started this conversation. Do you know what uh, the other thing I'm terrified about is going to the hairdresser? I mean, it sounds like a good idea, as in because... My hair looks awful. The length is just terrible. The potential kind of idea that I might actually like ask him to do something insane with my hair for one. But also, also, is this the moment to be sitting for three hours straight staring at a mirror when you've never, ever looked more haggard? Making conversation when you've never had less conversation. I know. I'm just wondering whether I could carry on home hairing for a bit longer. (laughs) But... We know that hair is everything. Yes. And that I currently look like Wurzel Gummidge's less groomed brother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, I'm just going to get serious for a minute. (gasps) Okay. I remind you about the pedicure. (gasps) So you know how whenever any of us have a procedure from fake tanning to waxing to smear tests, we take off our clothes and then automatically apologise for our lumps and our bumps and our awkwardness and sorry to the person for having to touch us or heal us or even witness us. Well, I'm afraid for the pedicures in April, sorry's not going to cut it. It's going to have to be like flowers sent in advance to say we are so fucking sorry for the state of our feet. Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine 
I just have these visions of, of them looking at my crust. The heel crust. And, you know, I mean, practically waking ourselves up in the middle of the night because we accidentally graze ourselves with one foot by, you know, gently touching the other leg. Oh, my God. Sorry. Just sorry. Do you think that they'll just, like, faint as they take our feet out of the warm water? I'm currently wearing cracked heel balm. Well, my, as we're as recording. As we're recording. I'm so worried about it. Do you think we're going to have to get prepped up, you know, beforehand? Oh, I'm definitely going to take a grater to my hooves before I before I ask another human being to go leave and look at them. It's like cleaning for the cleaner. And also, my God, I tell you what else. What about the physical meeting? <laughs> and I don't mean meeting someone. I mean, like a grown up a like work, work meeting. meeting. Yeah. So it could happen in someone's actual office, which <gasps> oh. will already feel quite insane. And, and everyone will be wearing grown up clothes, you know, <laughs> aka fancy dress. So, you know, we might feel like we have to put on a suit like we're in madmen and makeup because it's rude not to wear makeup and i mean heels i might make it to the conference table without falling over you might make it to the conference table but if someone asks you a question you then can't pretend your internet is unstable and you're about to be cut off and then everyone will know it's actually you that's been unstable the whole time also can i give you two words okay eye contact oh god i know you haven't looked anyone in the eye even on walks i feel like you're walking sort of parallel. The oh. idea of staring at someone and going, these are my ideas. It's much easier to talk when you're not looking at someone. <laughs> she says. Yes, she says staring at the floor. <laughs> and I tell you what I, what I am quite looking forward to, but I am also quite scared about whether I'll be able to behave like a fully functioning human woman or actually a cave woman, is the idea of going to a restaurant. So, okay, imagine this. This is going to sound crazy. Okay. Bear with <clears> me. Picture, if you will, in your mind, a place where you go and you sit down and then someone asks you if they can get you something to drink. Then they bring it to you. <laughs> no way. Then they ask you another question. They ask you what you'd like to eat. And there's a choice. And it's not you who has to cook it. And they're really nice to you. And they clear the plates and they bring you more chips if you ask. And they do the washing up. And it's, it's all right, Em, you can stop crying now. <laughs> can you imagine we'll all just be sitting there going... Really? Is this, is this how you do things? And then crying, weepingly grateful to have neither had to cook or wash up or clear up or anything. Yeah. I tell you the other thing that I'm in a kind of confused state about looking forward to and also dreading is the airport. I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but, and I had this really badly in the last, in lockdown one as well, lying in bed every night dreaming of warm Mediterranean. Medi- I can't even say it. Medi- even say I can't it. even say it. So, I'm so <laughs> dreaming of the sea, dreaming of and the, the sea. light, and having freckles and just floating. Yeah, I've got a twitch from staying up late, compulsively browsing villas, flights, all-inclusive resorts. Is it going to be okay? Do I have to be vaccinated? Health passports? You name it. It's like a sort of thing. And then, just imagine someone saying passport and boarding pass please i mean it brings a lump to your throat and then you start to feel like you can't breathe in panic <laughs> because first of all you get to get the exorbitant train to the airport probably at two in the morning the queues the crowds those see-through security bags staring at the departure board about to sprint to the gate <laughs> God. the crazy stupid incredibly expensive sunglasses you buy every year and then sit on on the plane the claustrophobia i mean is anything worth the stress hola it might be. I think it might be. Holiday. Oh my god! The problem with all this stuff is that basically, you know, it's we've just forgotten how to do things. So if you want to go to an airport and you want to go on holiday, presume before you do that you have to pack. What even is that? 
How do you get all this stuff into one bag? What do you need? Can you take, you know, Ugg boots to Ibiza? Where do you put the shoes? Will my special neck pillow fit in? Is it normal for the cat to try and come too? What, what do I need? Have I got pants? I think I need to cancel. I, it's too stressful. I can't. It's too stressful because honestly, with packing, we're so used to just having our whole houses there and also being able to just Amazon something that we need. It's true. Like, everything. We haven't left the house. So everything is around us. And uh, and the idea of the idea of it. Also, um, I find packing quite stressful anyway. I, I, I type out lists and print them and tick them off for packing. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's quite that's a, that's quite a lot. telling, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, not surprising to be fair. <laughs> anyway, um, the other thing that I forgotten how to do is is dance. Now, I love to dance, and I have been doing TikTok dances the whole way through this lockdown. But the idea of like, oh my god, being in a nightclub and dancing in front of other people a nightclub. <laughs> That I mean, won't happen. But I've been, I've been like over caffeinated dancing. I've been crying and dancing in my kitchen. I have been static dancing at night. I've been listening to, you know, crazy shit yeah, by Fleetwood Mac. Sure, but we have to agree that none of that should really be witnessed by other humans. No, and it probably won't actually. So it's fine. Are <laughs> you going to carry on dancing in the kitchen? I'm just going to carry on dancing in the kitchen like a sort of mad woman. But maybe, maybe my nightclub days are over. Because I've forgotten how to sort of do it in a social setting. But the idea of doing it in a social setting... If, if we were to end up in a nightclub, or indeed, you know, the proverbial party, then I don't know if I'd be able to work out how to drink sort of glamorously. Because <laughs> drinking for me is not a social pastime. It, it, it's an alone thing. It's an essential standard by which I measure how my life is going. You know, either I've been sober and very much in control or smashed and wearing the same tracksuit for 72 hours the junk shopping is getting quite unexpected um mexican ceramic tiles you say imported from actual mexico to go with a new kitchen i ordered last night you say oh my god oh my god but also like presumably your measures are slightly more sort of generous than party measures they are definitely spanish <laughs> rather than english <laughs> can you imagine i, I mean, think i think at a party these cocktails aren't doing anything they're not doing anything these cocktails it's a rookie area half an hour later i mean like under the table yeah. yeah yeah absolutely which i mean to be fair i think i wonder how long the first parties will actually last oh i mean everyone will be i mean you know home by nine forty-five. surely yeah, super twitchy like yeah. ready to like get home for the news and and, and and exhausted from from the from the talking let alone the drinking because some serious social regressions taken place over the last year i mean certainly i don't think we're going to be able to use our sort of instinctive critical faculties in the same way no i agree we're so full of just sort of vaccination numbers and r numbers and Harry and Meghan numbers. Yeah, so not that... only not only are we crashing bores, but we're also <laughs> actually quite vulnerable. We might as well be sort of newborn babies unleashed into the world with no capacity to judge character, no oh radar for toxicity, no ability to pick up on red flags just waving in our faces. Yes, I think going back to the dating world, IRL will be quite alarming. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can barely form a sentence or hold a pencil, how can you be trusted to interact safely with fellow man? I mean, all in all... Do you think it's best that we just all keep ourselves to ourselves for just a while longer and just, you know, go back to isolating on our own terms? Yeah. I mean, just we say who we want to see, when we want to see them, for how long? Do you know what? It'll be okay. It'll be okay. We'll find our way. And on that rare, rare note of positivity... We're going to say goodbye (laughs) before she changes her mind. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. 
You've been listening to Annabel Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Don't let anyone else ruin your day. It's your day. Ruin it yourself. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.